This is a podcast by the Business Times. Hello, and a warm welcome to podcast by the Business Times. I'm your host Howie Lim. As investors call for greater climate-related corporate accountability, companies are providing more data on environmental, social, and governance factors. But reporting is still voluntary at this stage, and not all the information will be useful for investors. With ESG considerations becoming more material to performance, it stands to reason that some global reporting framework should be in place to consolidate ESG data points and even define what constitutes verified and pertinent ESG data or financial information. But as the reporting of ESG factors moves from voluntary to mandatory, are companies which may already have ESG as part of their DNA prepared and aware of what they need to do in order to stay competitive. We speak to Kelvin Tan, Managing Director, Head of Sustainable Finance and Investments, ASEAN, at HSBC, for more insights. This episode is brought to you by HSBC. Kelvin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Howie, and great to be here today. So Kelvin, tell us how essential has ESG data become for investors to assess sort of the holistic picture of how a company's operating? Yeah, so on the topic of ESG data, it's becoming more and more relevant to investors and how they're assessing companies because making investment decisions is important. Investors are now taking a more holistic approach to things. They're not only looking at pure financial performances of a company these days, but instead, they're also reviewing how companies' ESG policies affect the environment and society. And it's ultimately essential to have good and transparent ESG data for investors to make informed decisions on companies they invest in. So a case in point, every year, HSBC conducts a global survey with capital markets participants to chart the latest key trends in shaping sustainable finance and investments. In our most recent survey, we found that over 80% of investors globally consider ESG issues as important. Bringing this closer to home, in ASEAN specifically, our survey shows that 44% of investors in this region have a firm-wide policy on ESG issues. We expect ESG to become more mainstream among investors in this part of the world, with a significant number of our ASEAN investors already declaring that they intend to further develop policies on ESG issues. I believe that with the level of awareness that's been heightened by the fiscal climate change and recently issues discussed on COP26 on decarbonisation, we are indeed seeing a genuine shift in how investors see their role and responsibility in supporting society and the transition of a more sustainable world. That's got to be quite heartening to hear, right, Kelvin, that finally we're becoming more woke, so to speak, and realising that ESG is essential, right? Absolutely. I mean, yes, woke in a very positive sense. I think that, you know, the world has, there's a heightened awareness, you know, of ESG and how important it is and how it's impacting all of us and our futures. So let's talk about then these mandatory regulations or what will become mandatory that you declare your ESG factors of your company as it operates, right? What are the issues with current data points that are available? Just that there are too few, just that it's about the performance metrics of the company, what's going on? Yeah, so if we talk about the current data points, I mean, obviously, you know, in this age of digitalization, there's a data overload of things, right? But I guess it's the quality of the data point that's very important. The devil's always in the details. And you're right to say that, you know, these data points will be relevant to investors, but there will be some issues here. 
So just to highlight a few of these issues, first of all, investors are basically dependent on ESG disclosures made by companies, which may or may not be verified by a third party. Secondly, corporate disclosures on ESG performances are usually not comparable across firms, which make investment decision-making challenging. While we have seen the mainstreaming of a few ESG reporting standards and framework, there is still a lack of unified ESG reporting standards across countries and industries. Thirdly, ESG data disclosure requirements varies between countries. For example, in Singapore, listed companies are required to issue a sustainability report, but not all countries have this requirement. So if I may look ahead, there is also this main argument and the bigger picture that ESG disclosures reported today may not necessarily provide clear evidence into measurable outcomes or impacts on the environment or society. For instance, how do you quantify the environmental and social benefits of, say, reducing waste or having more diversity and equality in the workplace? This area of impact management will become increasingly important for investors. So while these issues will still persist for a while, the good news is that I believe companies are definitely moving towards the right direction of ESG data and disclosure, and we should continue to encourage this. So it's a case of data, data everywhere, I don't know what to do with it. Uh, yes, it's a case of transparency and getting the right data and how you then measure mm. that. Absolutely. If you like what you're hearing so far, please subscribe to the BT Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify and like us and give us a rating. And now back to our conversation with Kelvin Tan, Managing Director, Head of Sustainable Finance and Investments, ASEAN at HSBC. This episode is brought to you by HSBC. So Kelvin, we were talking about ESG data. It's complex as well, and there's not a lot of it out there despite all pertinent data that's out there. So it remains a challenge sort of figuring out ESG data. Do you think a global reporting framework will help companies achieve this corporate sustainability that they're all aiming toward? Absolutely. I think having a global reporting standards will definitely help to provide much needed clarity to the various competing sustainability report frameworks and standards. It will set a global baseline for sustainability reporting that can lead to greater availability and efficacy of standardized data provided by companies. In fact, we've already seen this happen in the past few years. So the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosure, or TCFD, is more commonly known. For example, have already started harmonizing sustainability reporting to a certain extent. Having a global standards will definitely reduce ambiguity, provide more reliability and consistency towards ESG data. At this point, I would just like to mention also that in Singapore, and in fact, in the ASEAN region, regulators and practitioners are proactively working together to come up with green taxonomy and reporting framework that will reduce complexity while ensuring the integrity and transparency of data and disclosures. But just for Singapore, though, right? So then there stands to reason there needs to be sort of a common language, if you will, common definitions, so that there is the interoperability of these existing standards across the globe, so to speak. How, how can we do that? Yeah, I think Singapore... Who will do that, Kelvin? <laughs> Million dollar question, you know, uh, Howie. But uh, in Singapore, I think Singapore is taking the lead. As you know, Singapore has a lot of frameworks. We have the 2030 Green Framework. We want to be a green financial hub for Singapore. 
So Singapore is taking the lead. But I must say that, you know, we are also working amongst ASEAN countries and globally, you know, under COP26, there's a lot of things that is working on, you know, where a lot of countries are actually coming together, you know, to come out with certain standards, you know, to make sure that we're all towing the same line, you know, as they would say, you know, and working together on this. As to who should take responsibility, I think it's a collective responsibility that we must all take. I think the demand for shareholders in terms of more ESG disclosures will be definitely increasing and more and more global standards will be emerging, right? So we're seeing that happening already, right, Kelvin? We've got the launch of the International Sustainability Standards Board. Yes, that's right. We just had that recently. And to your point specifically, who should be taking the lead? Obviously, the regulators, but subject matter expert practitioners, you know, be it corporations, financial institutions, asset owners, investors, because everybody has a part to play in this. And if the asset owners require, you know, more disclosures, then obviously people, who, the companies and all that have to toe the line. And just not large corporations, even SMEs will have to play a part too, eventually, in terms of having more ESG standard disclosures. Yeah. Mm. And we understand, Kelvin, there'll be a wave of impending mandatory disclosures coming the way of companies. Do you think then companies are prepared? How can they get ready, so to speak? This is a question many of our customers actually are currently facing. The large corporates may be more prepared, but we are seeing many SMEs coming to terms with this impending demands in the future too. If I may summarize, three key advice that companies may take to get prepared. First, be an early mover. Don't wait for sustainability reporting to be mandated. As regulators make progress on sustainable reporting standards, companies have a great opportunity to prepare for future disclosures and commit to transparency and accountability today. Second, establish supportive governance. Senior management and board members of listed companies need to set a clear tone from the top that ESG is essential. They must then embrace this and more importantly, integrate these ESG's policies into the overall strategy and reporting landscape of the company. Third, develop processes and tools necessary for data collection and management. They must do this by having a shared understanding of sustainability reporting requirements across the company. This can be done with the support of tools designed to map data requirements into clear data concepts understandable by business and IT teams. So here at HSBC, we are keen to support our customers towards their sustainability journey. We are committed to work with them on their transition pathways or simply share thought, leadership and best practices. I would suggest that it is almost inevitable that growing demands by key stakeholders, firms need to prepare themselves to make more and better disclosures and must also be able to substantiate their sustainability claims to regulators, investors and consumers. As they say, it's coming to a theatre near you. Sounds like a huge endeavour though, Kelvin. Is there a time frame to this? How much time do companies have? And then we keep talking about how Obviously, larger companies are more well-placed to do this. What about the smaller companies? Yeah, the time frame, I think the clock is ticking, right? ESG is a big topic. You have obviously the environmental and the social aspect of things. But, you know, there's a lot of focus on the environmental aspect of things because of the Paris Agreement, you know, and everybody needs to go to net zero by 2050. That's the commitment, right? And in fact, the closer timeline is 2030. So many companies and organizations are really looking at it. So I think the time frame will be compressed. Mm. We are in a race for time, you know, in terms of climate change and all that. 
So I would hazard a guess that in Singapore, we are taking this very seriously. As I've said, listed companies already have to do sustainability reporting, right? So this will be more intense over the next couple of years, definitely. So for the SMEs in particular, I think they are also you know, under huge demands in terms of towing the ESG uh, line because a lot of large corporations who buys from them, they are part of the supply chain and they too need to have some form of ESG disclosures to make sure that the large corporates who buys from them and all that, they are in compliance with the ESG standards. Onward and upward, they say, right, Kelvin? Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the show and spending time with us today. Thank you, Harvey. It's my pleasure. We've been discussing the impending mandatory disclosures of ESG factors with Kelvin Tan, Managing Director, Head of Sustainable Finance and Investments, ASEAN, at HSBC. This episode was brought to you by HSBC. And that's a wrap for this podcast by The Business Times. But don't forget to subscribe to BT Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify and like us and give us a rating. That was an SBH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.